Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast. It's Thursday, September 15th, 2022. I'm John Bauhortz, the editor of Commentary Magazine. We are just two months from the Barry Weiss Roast on November 13th, Sunday, November 13th in New York City. Go to commentary.org slash roast for details about this very expensive, but very vital, very amusing, very fundamental event uh, for the commentary family, the commentary community, the commentary world. This is our major fundraiser of the year, and we go all out to give people a good time. It's not like a rubber chicken dinner where you're going to hear boring speeches and tribute. It's uh, much more uh, lively <clears throat> and raucous and fun. So commentary.org slash roast. Barry Weiss is the roastee. Commentary is the beneficiary. And you are the attendee. With me, as always, executive editor Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. Media commentary columnist and American Enterprise Institute fellow Christine Rosen. Hi, Christine. Hi, John. And associate editor and author of Rise of the New Puritans, Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. So uh, 5 uh, a.m., apparently there was a breakthrough in the negotiations uh, over the uh, conditions uh, experienced by railway workers uh, in the United States and the threatened strike that was going to basically bring America's uh, supply chains to a crashing halt uh, has apparently been averted. Um, and uh, it is important to note, I think here that uh, uh, one of the, one of the things you can say about a labor friendly administration or a labor union friendly administration like the Biden administration is that it should at least have been able to depend upon or rely upon its uh, union supporters and backers uh, not to uh, destroy it uh, with a ruinous labor action, uh, given how much the administration has focused on trying to serve the interests of labor unions. And that appears to be what what has happened so um my first impulse was to think that what's what one of the things that we we see here is that uh, after a day of what the hell is going on with these people uh because of the uh inflation reduction act party on the day that inflation was revealed to be as bad as it was um that they once again, having like fallen off the side of the earth in terms of minimal competence, somehow have cla- sort of scampered back into competence by averting this this strike. Anybody have any thoughts here? I mean, it's good that the nation isn't going to be crippled by a real strike. That's you know, first off, great. Um, we don't know any of the details of this. Uh, what the terms that came to to avert this strike and the progressives, you know, Marxists, Marx, Marxist adjacent in Congress and outside of them, I think they would say as much the same. This isn't an epithet. Um, they are kind of they're frustrated by the fact that they don't know any of the details here. I and mean, Bernie Sanders scuttled a congressional initiative that would have um, averted this strike because they thought it was not friendly enough to what labor wanted. So <laughs> right now they're all sort of holding their holding their their uh, fire but they don't seem especially thrilled about the fact that they reached an agreement 
Well, I, I, I mean, again, the proof of the pudding is in the eating right. and, uh, and, um, just like on the right, some people just want to see the world burn. So, uh, what we have here is a what we have here is a uh, a, a a world on the left that is hungry for confrontation, and they're going to get another opportunity at the end of the month when we have a must pass a continuing resolution to you know pass on the budget that they're supposed to pass every year to the next Congress. But you're also supposed to get this expedited pipeline approval deal that Joe Manchin got. Pipeline to be named later in order to get this inflation reduction slash climate change bill, and they're spoiling for a fight on that one too. Republicans have also said that they're going to help them get over the hump if Manchin gets his deal. So Republicans might save Democrats' uh, midterm hopes there in that sense, which is kind of ironic. Well, so right now, uh, apparently, the composition of the of the House is two twenty two to two twelve or two twenty one to two twelve with special elections and people who are out and this tragic death of a Republican member of Congress in a car crash. Um, and uh, I think four people, including AOC, have declared their intent to um, scuttle the continuing resolution if the Manchin uh, pipeline deal is is in there. Four isn't enough, but it's close. And, and Kathy McMorris-Rogers yesterday was making noises about how Republicans will make up the votes that they lose. So, but I mean, also, I mean, really, like, um, so I said, <laughs> right, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just think I, I think it's interesting. I think Democrats have gotten at least to a place where uh, they are not going to sort of like shoot. The, they're 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 going to avoid shooting themselves in the foot to the extent possible. They spent 2021 shooting themselves in the foot. And, you know, it's a it's a weird look and it's a weird thing for a party to do. And I, I they, they seem at least, you know, the prospect of hanging in a fortnight wonderfully concentrated their minds somehow, I think. But, this is, but isn't it also it's yet another example of the difference and the, and the Republican Party has this, too, but it's quite stark in the in the Democratic Party right now between old school legislators, people like Joe Manchin, who cut deals, who know how to, who bargain, but who, but who stick to his guns when it, when he needs to, as he did, you know, over and over again over the past few years. And AOC, who's a performative politician. She fakes, you know, she, she pretends to be handcuffed when she's walked off the street, you know, during an abortion protest. She, she says, you know, I'm, she's always issuing these public threats and then going and, you know, rambling on Instagram about, about her important work. And she doesn't get a lot done legislatively. She's just obstructionist and performative. So I think, and they've not reined that in, in the party and and the Republicans have their own version of that. That's equally toxic, but that's going to continue to be attention until leadership either dies or retires and and she will be the ascended uh, type of voice in the party or they rein her in a little bit more. I mean, I just don't know who the they is. There is no they. I mean, the they is a kind of collective like, do we really want to hand over the reins of power to Republicans in order to sort of, you know, score uh, cheap uh, political points or, you there, know, I mean, the, the trade off is very the trade off yeah. is very plain what they but, need but to she's do not is a not democrat make... she's a she's a democratic socialist she's not you know she but, her loyalty to the party is is okay. always uh, contingent so she's, a, so she's a fellow traveler but right. but in the end you know i don't know um last year obviously they did exactly what they wanted to do and 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 sort of held the whip hand on things and uh and they were facing down the barrel of a 
of an of this uh, tsunami that apparently you know is probably not not going to happen and in part it's not going to happen because they stop shooting themselves in the foot a little bit um can you not shoot yourself in the foot a little bit that was so many metaphors (laughs) you either shoot yourself in the foot or you don't shoot yourself in the foot either way (laughs) um but but uh uh anyway so at least yes we're not gonna have a rail strike that's good uh if the terms of the deal are you know parlous or ruinous that's bad uh but you know there we are so uh they died you know it's like they they you know in the summer of 2010 everything went wrong oddly enough for 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 barack obama after like 16 months of unparalleled legislative success you know we got he got dodd frank he got uh he got the uh he got obamacare he got the stimulus package you know he got a lot of stuff and then you know deep water horizon happened and various things happened where it was like the gods were the gods were arrayed against it wasn't just that he had made this deliberate choice to sort of spend like a say you know like a drunken sailor but that but that somehow the fates were conspiring against him deep water horizon being the best example i think of that the leak in the in the gulf of mexico and that that's what is not happening to biden now i don't it think had- that- but it had happened. I mean, had, Biden yeah. had a long, extraordinary yes. run of essentially daily bad stories. Yeah, or and bad luck. Yeah, but some yeah. of this is stories that they summon upon themselves, and then some of it is actually bad luck that then, you know, things happen that they have to deal with that they don't know how to deal with and all of that. But, you know, look, um, we also have a situation in which uh, the war in Ukraine is going well by by our lights. That's another sort of dog that doesn't bark in his case. In other words, if things were going badly, part of the debate in the United States would be, what did we do to, what did we do things that made it worse, right? And now, in fact, the conversation, to the extent that we, anyone has this conversation at this level, because it's very granular, is do we need to do more in order to deliver a knockout blow? Will we, will we send more HIMARS? Will we send more, you know, uh, will we allow the, the HIMAR weaponry to go further? Can we target more? Can we help more? Um, but at least he doesn't have that ch- either, by the way, hanging over his head, which is like, you don't know how to do anything. You, you know, first you did Afghanistan and now, you know, Ukraine has come a cropper and you didn't, so so like there's the dogs that didn't bark like ukraine going badly and then there are the then there are the successes and there is an ap poll out this morning that has biden's approval number up to 45 it's the first time that he has touched 45 in any poll other than oddly enough the rasmussen poll (laughs) uh and i don't know how long a year maybe um uh that was 36 he was at 36 percent in this poll in july and he's 45 today that's associated press the poll is taken by the national opinion research center um at the university of chicago so um you know uh i mean he you know 38 percent approve of his handling of the economy and 53 percent of u.s adults approve of him but you know again like the he's just republicans were maybe counting a little bit on on him being so bad that he would just 
continue to be so bad. And like I say, I feel like their backs got pushed against the wall and they, and they, they really did like look an existential horror in the face and pulled them back from it. And that's part of even the inflation reduction deal, which is a act, which is a bad piece of legislation has a lot of stuff that, uh, that Republican candidates can potentially exploit uh, over the next six or seven weeks. Um, that had the quality of we've got to get some, we've got to, we, we need, we need points on the scoreboard. Like we have to, we have to show that we've done something. It's uh, also the, the, the luck that you mentioned, John works both ways. I mean, you, if you're gambling, you know, you can only lose so long before you start to win a little bit. Um, and so things, you know, it's, it's, it was bad luck when he fell off his bike standing still. Yeah. It's good luck that he hasn't, you know, right. since, you know, there's all, yeah. all the, I mean, really like right. the, the, the preposterous things to the, to the big things. Well, they made their own luck to a certain degree here. A lot of this movement and so far as you can see it is from Democrats, Democrats are coming home. Right. Um, and that's uh, in to a certain degree, the part place in the calendar where we are, but also because they were doing a lot of the stuff that Democrats want. Um, stealing a trillion dollars from the treasury to pay off you know certain constituencies debts for example baiting the public into thinking they were addressing inflation when they were addressing climate change democrats love that stuff that doesn't mean everyone else does there's a lot of no, messaging to right. be done around this in the next six weeks but look i mean it's no longer it's no longer like embarrassing to vote for joe biden in november i if mean that, that's like this Right, yeah, I was going to say, but, yeah. But uh, to Noah's point, I think that's important. Like he, they are, he's getting a lot of uh, kudos from the people who he who already would be more likely to vote for him. But if you're the person who's trying to decide that end that elusive independent voter who's not been happy with Trump returning to the to the Republican Party center again and being the focus of attention, but also is not is looking at their bills and and at their income and noticing how much inflation is hitting home, they don't actually like the message that that this is the administration that subsidizes people with Tesla's and graduate student loans cuz that's not them and that's also not most Americans in that in that economic position. I know I keep banging this drum but that is those used to be easy democratic voters right there and they are not any longer and particularly the Hispanic where, voters are not. Yeah, sorry, uh, not to interrupt but I don't know where the where the AP puts some um, his disapproval ratings but 45% approval wouldn't be outside the the range of approval ratings and looking at just the RCP average, even if you drop the outliers, which are 39%, highest being 45%, 41, 44 is roughly where he's at. Problem is disapproval rating is in the mid to high 50s. Yeah, this poll has a disapproval at 53. Uh, so um, that's all of this falls within a, a particular range. And the yeah. range is really bad, double digits yeah. underwater. There's no question, but of course it was calamitously bad. I mean, it was, it was hard. It's <laughs> yeah. obviously better to go from 36 to 45. Things being relative. Than sure. to go from 45 <laughs> to 36, you know, is, is all I'm saying. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Just thinking about this now in, in terms of the Democrats changing fortunes, seems to me um, wokeness has sort of drifted from the, from the agenda, right? Uh, you know, you don't hear much about it now. It, it, Part as partly as a result of um, uh, the abortion issue, I think kind of knocked it off the the, the main stage, um, and of course the resurgence of of Trump. But it's not quite there. Uh, class warfare is there remains there in some uh, form has to uh, because of you know people like AOC. But you don't hear about the sort of strict. Uh, uh, 
race-informed social justice issues coming up of, of, out, out of the mouths of Democrats these but days. It hasn't been for a while. The Biden administration has been giving plenty of plum jobs to those people, though, to to to, to kind of silence them. The Keep most them recent yeah, Department of Defense has they have all these new chief diversity, equity and inclusion yeah. officers that they're putting into the bureaucracy who are doing insane things. I mean, the, the idea right. many of these people actually have a history of extremely anti-white rhetoric and what what by any account would be considered racist assumptions about people who are not themselves African-American. It is kind of appalling. So I do think he silenced them with payoffs, which everyone is, you know, that's that's kind of the way Clinton did the same thing by just giving them the bureaucracy and letting them run wild. So yeah. I, I hope I mean, there are people staying on top of that and trying to keep an eye on it. But that's actually the, the long term pernicious damage that could be done there, especially if Biden gets a second term. We have experience of that with Clinton, particularly in education and, and um, other bureaucracies. So we should we should keep an eye on that for sure. Right. But, but I think Abe is Abe is right here that that that. Again, I keep saying who is the party or who are they, but that they got the memo that this stuff, particularly obvious, the most the most obvious being the crime related stuff, right? Defunding right. the police and all of that. They got the memo that it wasn't helpful. <laughs> yes, that's true. And so they have soft pedaled it. And and the version that you're talking about, which is yeah, hiring, hiring people and putting putting them in places. Um you know that's where it gets dangerous and pernicious because when you have people walking around on campaign trails saying we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do the other thing then you have a con- then you can have a confrontation at the at the level it, it visible to voters and the american people on is this what we want is this the country we want and all of that but if you have a if you have a DEI officer at the Department of Defense who starts you know mucking about in the way we deal with military readiness, um, and that's largely invisible um, because it requires people from within the bureaucracy themselves to tell everybody what's going on to whistleblow in effect, and you know the damage can get done or the pr- procedures can be put in place and all of that, and so. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it is, it was Abigail Spanberger, uh, the con- uh, democratic Congresswoman from Virginia who yelled, uh, at her fellow Democrats after 2020 on this phone call, uh, in the, you know, days right after the election saying you people with your defund the police, you're going to destroy this party. Like I almost lost my election people in Southern Florida, lost their lost their elections because of defunding the police and all of this stuff stop stop you're destroying us and they pretty much stopped like john fetterman who was a defund the police guy and a let people out of prisons guy uh is not is running away from that aspect of his record which was very much a part of his appeal last year two progressives in Pennsylvania and why they liked him better than Connor Lamb, the congressman who was his chief rival for the Democratic nomination for the Senate in Pennsylvania. But you won't see anything about him in prisoners. You won't see anything about him in parole and 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 letting people. He said he said when they let hundreds of people out of jail, he said, well, you know, we nominally did this because of COVID, but, you know, this is what we should have been doing all along. I mean, he 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 spoke the quiet part out loud. And now it's, you know, September of 2022, and he's going to try not to say anything between now and November, A, because he it's better for him to be opaque and just let 
Dr. Oz look bad and B because he has difficulty speaking. Um, and uh, I hope you saw that uh, he has now agreed to one debate on October 25th. So he is giving himself a month to recover cognitively to some extent. Um, well, and he's asked for like, he wants closed captioning. He wants a lot of accommodations, which I think to be fair, Oz, Oz's campaign has said, you know, that's fine, but you need to disclose what accommodations you're receiving because voters should understand what, you know, if he's functioning in, in this format that he's getting assistance that that he needs, that's that's fine. Also, I think this isn't this debate after um, uh, early voting starts. Yeah, early voting has already started. So no, early voting starts, I think, around the 15th of October. Okay. I mean, the real serious early voting. So, yeah, it's a way of I don't know, you know, yeah, it's a hedge against uh, against calamity, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, that's still a that's still a high stakes bet that's uh, that, that's going on there with him. I mean, just for the exigencies of circumstance. Um, but I, I just think it's a uh, it, it's interesting. By the way, uh, you know, a guy that I I do not like, a MAGA guy named Greg Price on on Twitter, um, whom I whom I follow, but whom I uh, whom I find discomforting and hysterical and loathsome in some ways. But, you know, he put out this super cut of Fetterman's um, speech difficulties uh, that he had gotten from some TikTok. I don't know. I can't quite understand it. Put it out. And then uh, a a technology reporter on from uh, NBC News uh, did a story accusing him of um, doctoring and deep and doctoring the video to make it look like Fetterman was speaking w much worse than he was in fact speaking. And this was all and how evil this was and how terrible this was. And it's not true. He did not doctor the video and the story was published nonetheless. And the guy continues to defend it saying that, you know, there's a form of he he even called it deep faking, which is actually the term that we use for the term that's used for replacing the face of a either the face or the voice of somebody in a video in a way that is um, you you can't tell. So you put you know somehow you superimpose somebody else's face on someone and then you have them appearing to say things that they haven't said or doing things that they haven't done. And this is now this is now day two of this, and uh, and you know I I Price should 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 sue the guy for slander like he's accused him of he's accused him of a certain type of he's accused him of slandering Fetterman that is a slander but I mean that just goes to show that we're back in you know we're back now in the social media world in which these young reporters want to use social media as a for, as a way to suppress information as opposed to you know uh extend information that's part of the fight here is this whole notion that the problem with social media is that people uh can use it and uh and 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 they're using it and you know they're they're they they use it to create fake laptops through russian disinformation and blah, 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 blah. And so therefore we need to use social media to suppress these stories. I mean, to actively suppress stories so that, you know, terrible moron Americans don't get the wrong idea about, you know, about somebody who just had a 
pretty serious stroke. Well, the the other the flip side of that is that we used to be able to trust some of the mainstream media print reporting, you know, at places like the New York Times or the Washington Post. You used to be able to trust the journalists and editors there to sift through what might be a, an immediate viral story and say, OK, well, let's actually report that out. Let's see if that's true. And they are the ones who now jump right in and, and report, suppose I'm putting report in scare quotes, on on what the rumor du jour is. And the most recent example of that was the, yet another race hoax about this volleyball player who was playing a game at at Brigham Young University and claimed she was called the N-word over and over. And there's no evidence it happened. All the mainstream press ran with it. All the cable news shows ran with it. And it didn't happen. It literally didn't happen, but it happened on social media and everybody on social media believed it to be the case. And, you know, even LeBron James was tweeting about what an outrage this was. So that used to be the break. That break is gone because a lot of the people they hire now, as you say, John, live on social media and and do not see the the value in taking the time to actually report out these claims. Right. Well, I mean, so 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 a conservative publication of BYU did in fact report it out. And there's a, a larger story here, which is it it appears that the player who thought that this was happening believed it to have happened. Like whether whatever. I mean, she didn't this this wasn't like a um a ho it was that itself is a fascinating story. Right. Like why right. why did she hear this thing that was not right. said? Right. So in that sense it wasn't a hoax because she wasn't Jesse Smolling. She she thought it had happened, but then she told a relative of hers who is a who is a race baiting activist who is the one who took to social media to lay it out. But then and she the stood fact, by that story, even when evidence was presented that no one had said that, yes, that the original yeah. athlete. Yeah. Right. No, I know. So, so yeah, we don't, anyway, it's an interesting, uh, uh complicated, um, story, but, uh, uh, let's move on to, um, but what are we moving on to? Oh yeah. Uh, so two things in the last 24 hours, plain lands and Martha's vineyard, 51 uh, illegal immigrants uh, coming from Texas, by the way, but somehow diverted by, through the ministrations of Ron DeSantis. I don't quite understand how this works, but it will obviously will come out later today because the plane took off from Texas, but was somehow sent to Martha's Vineyard, lands in Martha's Vineyard. People get off the plane, they're in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, vacation spot, although it's actually, obviously, it's the end of September or getting to be the end of September. So it's not like the Obamas are there and every shrink uh, from Boston and every academic from, you know, from, from the, from the Boston area um, is on their, is on their two week vacation in August. But um, we have that. And then we have a bus <laughs> pulled up about an hour ago or two hours ago in front of Kamala Harris's house and disgorged 50 uh, illegal immigrants from Texas. So two things to be said about this, one of which is what when you read about this, you get this idea that they're somehow being taken like chess. They're just being thrown into a plane and flown somewhere. Uh, they all agree. Uh, but the line about the 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 flight that went to uh, Martha's Vineyard, because I heard this on NPR this morning, is uh, that the, the migrants said that there was a woman named Perla and Perla was saying, if you get on this plane, will take you somewhere where there will be work working papers that you can get. And we're going to go near Boston and you can get working papers. And so they agreed and they got on the plane, they got off the plane. Of course, there's no such thing as working papers. There's, you know, um, 
So who is Perla? So now we're gonna have a whole thing about who is Perla? You know, who who was this mysterious Perla who was talking to them and convincing them to get on the plane? Um, uh, but um, uh, this is my favorite. This is my favorite political troll of the. I I I can't help it. I'm I'm I just I'm enjoying. I enjoy immensely the hoisting on the petard of the people who say we should have open borders than having having the politicians from states where the open borders are having the most uh, effect um, saying, uh, okay, well, have some. So, you know, we have we have a lot. Take some, you know, uh, they, they want to come. They've said they want to come. Um, my friend Kyle Smith, now the movie critic of the Wall Street Journal, tweeted this morning, did one of those how it started, how how it's going so Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, on the 21st of August, uh, 20th of October last year, excuse me, we should protect our immigrants, period. Yes, New York City will remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. Uh, Adams yesterday. In this new and unforeseen reality, where we expect thousands more to arrive every week going forward, the city's system is nearing its breaking point, Adams said Wednesday. As a result, the city's prior practices, which never contemplated the busing of thousands of people into New York City, must be reassessed. So, theory meet practice, right? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I understand why I should find this discussion because they're like using human beings as chess pieces in a in a sort of in a game. And uh, I, as I constantly say, I'm a dove on immigration, so I'm not. The, but I mean, I just think this is fantastic limousine liberal uh showdown can i uh, to the point about using human beings as as political pawns this happens all the time i agree i'm i'm also dovish on immigration legal immigration but i what gets lost in a lot of the story is that the current administration's policies are leading to the deaths of a lot of human beings people trying to cross illegally are dying i think we've had over a thousand deaths at this point that we've documented there's probably many more that that will come to light later people are actually suffering and dying trying to get into this country so and the biden administration which is which you know, has denounced Trump's policies uh, uh, plenty, is now asking Mexico to keep people in Mexico again, similar to what Trump did. And even though they've lifted the COVID era policies uh, that had been in place. So they don't actually want to, to, to deal with that problem. It's much easier to go on Twitter and say, to, to say of Ron DeSantis, you know, what would devout Christians, what would Jesus do in this situation? How dare he send people to one of the most beautiful and exclusive islands that this country has where the wealthy frolic throughout the summer? Like, how dare they? They're sending, they act like they're sending them to their deaths. I'm like, it's Martha's Vineyard. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I agree. It's, it is a political troll. But if, if, if this administration really cared about the health and safety of people who are desperate to come to this country, they would have long ago dealt with the crisis at the border. It, it is a crisis for a long time. They, they have not wanted to even acknowledge that it exists. So I, I still think it's kind of ugly, um, but I have made my peace with it. It is it is undeniably brilliant trolling. I agree. Yeah. I just think, you know, uh, yeah, well, there's not. Well, I mean, this is the first. OK, so leave it to Ron DeSantis to perfect uh, a, a Republican trolling tactic. Um <clears throat> He's not an innovative guy, but he definitely perfects uh, at whatever is being you know, played with on the Republican side of the aisle. You're saying uh, that you're you're denying Greg Abbott. No, Greg, Greg Abbott, Abbott was the innovator it. here. Yeah, and he's so actually he was, now one. He's the guy responsible for the Kamala Harris thing, which is also, by the way, homes are off limits. 
If Republicans are consistent, it's not a home. It's the vice president. Yeah, it's, it's the not vice president. Oh, it's a naval observatory. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's Massachusetts oh, Avenue and yeah. Massachusetts that's fine. Avenue. No, I thought they're dropping off in San Francisco. No, the naval observatory is fine. So no, yeah. Abbott has done nothing wrong here. In fact, nobody's alleged as far as this. What is her name? Perella? Per, per, whoever the Perella. Perella. Perella is the first person to ever allege anything nefarious under is going on here that they were misled. From what I understand, everybody's treated fairly Perla well. Didn't say they were they, misled. Perella was the misleader. Who is Perella? Oh, Perella is the, misleader. the mysterious. Right. The mysterious misled. Well, uh, beyond that, nobody's actually alleged that anybody's being misled here. They say, "Where do you want to go? You want to go to Chicago? You want to go to Washington D.C.?" They say sure in this case they got a free plane trip to martha's vineyard i want a free plane trip to martha's vineyard um but the brilliance of it is that republicans no longer have to do a lot of talking about immigration they're previously the ones banging the drum about immigration now who's talking about immigration Lori lightfoot eric adams senator julian sear and she sounds uh, you know, like an isolationist nut when she does. Like these people are invading our city. We we're yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah, they make yeah. it sound like an absolute nightmarish crisis, which it kind of is. And Republicans have been saying for a long time, and now they get to transfer the message onto their opponents who are doing their talking for them. It's it's pretty sharp. Um, I just uh, you know, it's like limousine liberalism at its it's it's the. You know, it's a sort of, okay, so um, what are the actual consequences of your beliefs? Uh, you know, how, do, how, how, will they, how will they affect your daily life the way they're affecting the daily lives of people whom you airily dismiss uh, for their concerns uh, about this matter? Um, Imagine the Tom Wolfe novel that could be written from this political stunt. I miss yeah, him sometimes. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I mean, I, I just... Uh, if you if you if you want to confront pro-lifers with the consequences of their ideas by saying by using these extreme outlier cases horrible tragic stories about you know abortion and you know ectopic pregnant whatever that that are going to be intruded and, and interrupted and i think that is a legitimate way to have a political fight over abortion as you say you know Okay, this is what you want. You have a global idea here about how abortion is murder or it's terrible or whatever. And and uh, okay, deal with this. Like here's a here's a thing that challenges your preconceptions. How are you going to answer that question? And it's not that they're bad at it. it. This is just where our political conversation is in relation to abortion after after the Dobbs decision. And in this case, you have. You have been saying for 10 years that efforts to restrict illegal immigration are heartless and mean, and the way we handle immigrants are heartless and mean. Uh, okay, well, uh, how are you going to handle a tiny infinitesimal fraction of the numbers that have to be dealt with in, you know, Texas and Arizona and actually California, which whatever, and how are you going to do, how are you going to handle it? Just take 50, take a thousand. New York City, eight city of eight and a half million people. Take a thousand people. You got all these hotel rooms. Help them. Good. You're a sanctuary city. Here, be be provide sanctuary. And um, it's astonishing to me that they weren't better prepared for this because they know that if they say, okay, then word is going to be transmitted through central and south america that new york is open and then they're going to fly into new york 
if they could get a plane ticket, whatever. I don't know. How, I mean, they're going to do whatever they can to get to New York. That's that's the whole point, is that word has passed down when the administrations changed, word passed down through Central and South America that Biden was an open borders guy. And apparently, if you ask the illegals who are coming in why they did this, they're like, well, we heard that, you know, we heard the border was open. Well, they only heard the border was open because the Democratic Party has been has been promulgating this really cynical message about how 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 bad and mean Republicans are. And they're not yes, morally preening about their own immigration yeah. policies and open borders. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, Biden said it. Biden yes. announced it in the in the when he was campaigning. Rush yeah. him to the border, he said. But he didn't mean it. Well, but they yeah. meant it. You can see the number. The spike is very clear in the number of, of crossings. And, and this is I mean, I actually I look I political using people as political pawns cynically is awful. And I agree with a I mean, Abe's discomfort, I think, is 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 well, well understood. And we should we should rest a little more in that discomfort because we are talking about human beings. I just cannot have any patience or tolerance any longer for people on the left who have who have never once visited the border, talked to people who live there and are dealing with this on the daily, or looked at the dead body of someone who was trafficked by a human smuggler coming into this country who thought maybe there were working papers on the other end. So that it's the grandstanding that absolutely drives me nuts here. I agree that it's ugly to, you know, like use human beings as pawns. But um, let's just talk about what it means to be a pawn in this circumstance. If you get on one of these buses to New York or these planes to New York or the plane to Martha's Vineyard, the circumstances in which you are going to arrive and be treated are vastly superior to the way that you're going to be treated in Texas. So in that sense, I don't know what they're, you know, if they're complaining, we don't even know if they're complaining. Like in New York, they're getting to stay in the Milford, it's called the Row now, but the Milford Plaza Hotel, the lullaby of old Broadway, the commercial that ran in New York for 20 years about this hotel at 44th and 8th Avenue, this giant hotel. Yeah, the rooms are a little small, but I mean, it's better than, you know, being in a cage in, you know, in, in uh, you know, in El Paso, I mean, or whatever, you know, it's, this is, this is in that sense, you know, it is a little like winning the lottery to have, uh, yeah, because you get, and then you're in New York and then what are they going to do with you? They're well, either going to, they're going to release you into the jet, they can't return you to ICE. Well, think of all right? the empty it's a sanctuary city. We're not going to call ice on you. Well, think of all the empty houses that that litter Martha's Vineyard that are only used by the wealthy during the summer. I mean, there's housing right there, right? Right. Move them in. But they're not like, winterized. <laughs> Some of them aren't winterized. Oh, they're winterized. Come on now. Okay, they're winterized. The Obama's right. home is winterized. Okay. <laughs> Do the Obamas own a home on Martha's Vineyard, or don't they just don't they just snore off other? I think other... they did buy eventually. I think they bought a oh, big house. They're, they're like I thought they were like you know those 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 people in you know English novels who like come and then stay for six weeks at your house. So oh yes, come stay. They're like here forever. I don't know. That's I don't know. Uh, that was my that was my uh, that was my impression. Um, anyhow, I can confirm they bought a fourteen million dollar estate. Well, I, I, I hope they're I hope they're letting some some, you know, undocumented persons stay at their estate then. I mean, Maybe the, I'm reading the Vineyard Gazette here. On OK, this, on this piece. Yeah. And it is 17 paragraphs of uh, senators from Texas, state senators from Texas and local officials complaining about what a 
nightmare this is for the community and how cruel it is to use these people in a, in a partisan game. It's, quote, some of them were told lies, can't exactly determine who, maybe Perelta or whatever her name is. I will never commit her name. Perla. Perla. Perla and move on. The, sec- like the, the lead debate. paragraph opens with this statement from Alisa, who is from Venezuela. We came here because of the situation in our country for the economy, for work, for lots of things. I came here walking. We went through 10 different countries until we got to Texas. There was a refugee association, put us on a plane, told us there would be work and housing here. I feel good despite everything. We spent four days in Texas, so it's very good to be here. They're thrilled. <laughs> Somebody it's said nice you, can go to, you can go to Massachusetts. There's work there. There's sanctuaries there. Enjoy yourself. Do you want to go? I'll go. I don't see yeah. a lot of duress here. Now, the notion here that somebody, right. is mis- is it misleading to say there'll be housing and work there? No, it's not misleading no. to say there'll be housing. No, there is housing. Not. There is housing. I don't know. There's That's plenty fine. of work. Um, the chagrin of Republicans. We have a labor yeah. shortage. Yeah, I know. But they're not allowed to work. I mean, they're not supposed to be able to work. They're here illegally. You're not supposed to, you know, according to according to federal legislation, you're in, you know, e-verify or whatever. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to work. But so that's the There's other. There's work on Martha's Vineyard. So I'm saying there's plenty of work on Martha's Vineyard. Trust me, uh, any vacation community, there is work. There's more work than 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 there are workers to handle it. You know why? Because it's too expensive for workers to stay there. <laughs> Seriously, like this is one of the crises of you know these horrible stories about the the workforce of um, of wealthy people in you know Aspen and Palm Palm Beach and the Hamptons and stuff like that. Is that you know they need gardeners and they need. You know, they need, uh, you know, working class level people, people to fix the pool and do this and do that. And like, you know, there's nowhere for them to live that they can afford. And so it's an interesting social clash issue. Um, all right. What else? What else do we have to talk about? I'm not even sure I have anything else to talk about. Um, uh, but I'm very excited to report that Amtrak is now uh, going to allow the Acela Yesterday, the Amtrak said that there would be no Acellas uh, between New York and Boston and New York and Washington, and apparently the Acela will be back. So there will be lots of tweeting about, you know, what politicians say in the quiet car and all of that. Um, do we have any, uh, do we have anything else? No. Okay. Very short show today. Uh Maybe you like it better when it's short. We've been going incredibly long for a while. It's, uh, uh, but then you know it's funny now. Now I'm really just like blathering on, but um, I sometimes listen to these pop culture podcasts and people like talking about you know House of the Dragon and stuff like that. And The Ringer, which is Bill Simmons' really amazing sports and pop culture site, has these fandom-based shows, and so. Uh, uh, one's called the Ringerverse, and one's called the House of R, and all this. And so they like examine the House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones show, like right after it's over. So it happened to be in my podcast feed. I look at it, and it, like they recorded it like right after it was over, and it was three hours and ten minutes long. <laughs> so, 
So our, our going an hour maybe isn't so quite so, um, I mean, you can turn it off at any time, obviously, just like you can turn this off. And I hope you turned it off already because Abe, do you have something to, no, Abe was, uh, we, we, we're on a Zoom here where we can see each other's faces. And um, so I thought Abe was doing his, Abe, Abe often signals he wants to talk by, by twiddling a pen in, or a pencil in his fingers, but I thought he was twiddling a pencil. But I just waved my arms really well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll be back tomorrow for Abe, Christina, and I'm John Bodhoritz. Keep the candle burning.